0: Find uh, James chapter 1, James chapter 1. I want us to look tonight at the subject matter, Wisdom When You Need It Most. Wisdom When You Need It Most, verses 5 to 8. James chapter 1, verses 5 to 8. Does it sound okay? Is it a little loud? Is it okay? Is it is good? Okay. Uh, verse 5. James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways." If you're familiar with the book of 1 Kings, you know that uh, King David dies and his son Solomon becomes king. And in 1 Kings chapter 3, God asked Solomon, uh, ask for whatever you want to ask for and it will be done for you. It will be given to you. Well, you remember what Solomon asked for? He asked for Wisdom and it pleased God, that, God that, that Solomon had asked for wisdom and then it's uh, shortly thereafter that we see a demonstration of that wisdom what happened where everybody sort of had the chance of confirming the wisdom that, that God had given Solomon two women actually two prostitutes right one had rolled over on her baby in the night killed him And both of them were uh, going before Solomon, and each lady was saying, the the baby's mine. And, uh, of course, he didn't know. And the first woman, uh, when he said, I tell you what, uh, take the baby, cut him in two, and give each mother half. And the first woman said, yeah, yeah, do that. Do that. And the second woman said, no, 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 don't do that. Give the baby to him if that's what you're going to do. And Solomon said, give the child to her. She's his mother. And everybody was able to see the wisdom and discernment that God had given to Solomon. You can read that story in detail in 1 Kings chapter 3. Now, Folks as we come to these verses tonight in James chapter 1 we see that it is not only somebody like Solomon in need of wisdom but we all need wisdom. James tells us that God's wisdom is available to us as we journey through life and when we ask in faith if we are surrendered to doing God's will. Well, let's look at that tonight, how it plays out. The first thing I want you to notice with me, James speaks about a common lack. A common lack. And in verse 5, he says, if any of you uh, lacks wisdom, which we'll see in a moment, the context, and why all of us do at times lack wisdom. So a common lack. Folks, we know that human life is fragile, don't we? Uh, James tells us in chapter 4 that life is but a vapor. We're here today, we're gone tomorrow. Age means nothing. You don't have to be old to die. Fran Ashby, this week, yesterday, we had the funeral for her son, 56 years old, died unexpectedly. You don't have to be old to die. Life is a vapor. But even if we live, life is fragile. And we are finite. We don't see tomorrow. And I'll go even further than that. Even when we are walking with God, even when we're walking in fellowship with God, even God's people lack understanding and wisdom at times, don't we? For instance, I think of the Apostle Paul. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas and and Timothy are going through the region of Galatia, and the Bible says they come to Mysia and they're trying to go into Bithynia, but the Holy Spirit would not allow them to do so. Now, I want you to keep, keep in mind what's going on there. Paul is on a missionary journey, he's doing God's work. He is walking in the will of God and with fellowship with God. He's planning churches. He's carrying out the Great Commission. So surely it seems like God would give him a blank check to go any direction, right? No. Do you ever stop to think that missionaries and pastors and godly youth leaders and teachers and deacons might be trying to do something good? Sometimes maybe God just won't allow it. You'd you'd think God here is the Apostle Paul. He has given up everything to follow you. Surely he's going to know the next step to take. But he didn't. He tries to go one direction. God won't let him. In a vision that night, he sees that Macedonian man saying, come over here and help us. And so he concluded that God was sending him in that direction. And indeed, when he surrendered to going in that direction, God opened the door beautifully for him. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying that even the Apostle Paul lacked understanding and wisdom from time to time. Now folks, all of us could give illustration of a time in our lives when we didn't know what to do. Everybody could tell of a time like that. Romans 8.26 says that even in our prayer life, sometimes we go before God with a heavy heart over something and we start to pray and we say, God, I don't even know how to pray about this. We're weak. We don't have understanding. Well, James says here, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. I want you to remember the context here. What's the context of these verses? The context is that James has just spoken to us about enduring trials. And he said, consider it all joy, my brethren, whenever you fall into various trials of one sort or another. Multifaceted trials. The Greek word is the word from which we get our word polka dot. Trials come in all different sizes and shapes and colors. And we fall into them. We don't go looking for them. We fall into trials. And what do you find out about yourself sometimes when you're going through a trial? What what do you need? You need wisdom, right? That's the context of verse 5. If you're in a trial and you need wisdom, you need discernment, you need direction, James is saying ask. Ask. Some of you may be there tonight. You might be in a trial where you're needing direction. Maybe it's with a child or a grandchild or a work situation. And you're needing God's wisdom. And you sit here in church and you think, God, I'm at the end of my rope. I don't know which way to turn. Your situation is a situation of lack. What do you do? Well, when you're at the end of your rope, You and I need to see that God is not at the end of his rope. Amen? And so James is saying we need to call upon him. We need to turn to him. What can God do? Well, Paul says in Ephesians 3.20 that God is able to do far exceedingly abundantly more Than anything we could ask or even think. And so secondly I want you to see a divine resource. A divine resource. He says let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. We are to ask God. 1 Peter 5 7 says that we can cast all of our care upon him because he cares for us. Cast all care upon him.
1: What does God know? God
0: knows everything. He's infinite in his wisdom, he's infinite in his understanding. And he does see tomorrow. He does know the future.
1: He's omniscient. And what kind of power does God have?
0: God has all power. Not only all wisdom, but all power. He's omnipotent. Think about his son laying dead in a tomb. Is that something you could do anything about? No. But there's no challenge for him. What happened the third day? The resurrection. The Bible talks about God's power that raised his son from the dead and how that same power, Scripture says, is at work in you. Think of the children of Israel with their backs against the sea and Pharaoh's army coming. A challenge? Not for God. What'd God do? Part the waters and they walk through on dry land. So God has all power, all wisdom and all power. And on top of that, he loves us. Again, that verse I read a moment ago, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all care upon him because he cares for you. The one with all power and all wisdom cares for you. In Psalm 103, David talks about God pitying his children. And David says, he will not chide you. In other words, when you go to him and say, God, I don't know what to do. God doesn't say, you loser, you're pathetic.
1: God doesn't tell us that. You're never going to get it right. No,
0: he doesn't chide. God loves you with an infinite love. So infinite wisdom, infinite power, infinite, infinite love. James is saying this is the God that we can call upon when we find ourselves in a situation of lack. When we're going through a trial or a circumstance in life and we don't know what to do, we can go to Him and we can ask.
1: Now, there are
0: some qualifications for asking, right? In James chapter 4, if we were to turn over to James chapter 4 and read instructions there on praying, uh James would tell us there that we're not to pray for selfish things selfish things where god would get no glory whatsoever he he points out that that god is not going to answer that kind of praying And James talks about the kind of selfish things where people just want to use whatever they get from God on their own selfish pleasures and desires. James says God's not going to honor that either. In 1 John chapter 5, John talks about praying according to the will of God. That if we pray according to the will of God... We can know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. And so when the Bible says that we are to ask God, it is not saying that we can have anything we want, whenever we want it, and however we want it. That would be the undoing of a lot of people, wouldn't it? But the Bible is saying that we can go before God with our petitions and we can ask God for wisdom. And God is happy to give wisdom to us. Again, I refer to Solomon. It pleased God that Solomon... Asked for wisdom. He said, you know, you could have asked for power or wealth. You didn't. You asked for wisdom. And because you've asked me for wisdom, I'm going to give that to you. But I'm also going to give you power and wealth. So it pleases God when we ask for wisdom that we might do His will. Now let me say something about wisdom at this point. I hope you realize by now that praying and Bible study go together, don't they? If you want wisdom, praying and Bible study go together. A lot of times when we are asking God for wisdom about something, the answer to that question is already for us in God's Word. If we were only better acquainted with God's Word. Sometimes if we knew God's Word better, uh, we wouldn't ask some of the things that we ask. Or we would ask differently. Jesus said in that high priestly prayer, He said, Father, sanctify them with the truth. Your Word is truth. So never neglect the word of God when you are asking for wisdom. But again, the wonderful promise here is that God will grant you wisdom. Proverbs 2 6 says, The Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Now, what does
1: he say here about God giving wisdom? He gives liberally.
0: Yes. God's not stingy. He he gives it liberally. Now, the the word liberally or generously has two meanings. The first meaning uh, is to, to stretch out. To stretch out. Or to spread out. It it pictures God stretching out or spreading out a table of wisdom for us. A lavish table. Yesterday we had a friendly neighbor's meal. Of course I ate with the funeral family, but friendly neighbors. I've been coming to friendly neighbor's meals for 20 years here. What kind of spread do you find at friendly neighbors? A stingy one? No, a generous spread. If you go away hungry, it's your own fault. It's a lavish spread. And James is saying that's how God gives wisdom. The second meaning of the word has to do with God giving singly. Singly. That is, he's not double-minded. And he's not playing hide and seek. God doesn't hide behind one door and you go over there and he says, Ha ha ha, I moved. See if you can find me now. God gives plainly. God gives straightforwardly. In Luke 11, Jesus made this point. Jesus said, If you earthly fathers have a son who asks you for a fish, you don't turn around and give him an eel or snake, do you? Or if he asks for bread, you don't give him a flat rock that looks like a piece of pita bread. You don't give him that that he'd break his teeth on. You don't play cruel and deceptive games or jokes on your kids. And neither does God. Jesus said, if if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask? Well, not only is God generous, but he's also gracious. James says he, he, he doesn't reproach, he doesn't insult. He gives liberally, he gives generously, and he gives without reproach. He gives without insult. Thirdly, I want you to see a stated Condition, a stated condition. Verse 6, he says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. He is a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. The word faith is found 16 times in the book of James 16 times you wanna know how many times it's found in Genesis to Malachi Genesis to Malachi
1: two times In five chapters of James, it's found 16 times. The book of Hebrews reminds us that
0: without faith, it's impossible to please God. So faith is not just a good idea. It's not just a good suggestion. It's absolutely necessary when we approach God. And Hebrews 11 tells us why. It says, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so James says the stated condition here for asking for wisdom is we need to ask in faith without doubting. Now that raises a question, doesn't it? God, you mean I can't have any honest questions? When I come before you asking, asking in faith,
1: I, I can't have any questions?
0: Is that what it means? No, not what it means at all. What he's referring to is when you go to God to ask his wisdom and direction but you go with the attitude God if you show me I'm going to lay your way down, I'm going to lay your direct, your direction down next to every other way I could possibly go And after I look at all of my options, I'll decide if I want to choose your way or not. I'm going to weigh my options. So God, you know, I know my options. I know what the obvious options in front of me are. God, show me your option that you want to put on the table. And I'll put that down next to everything else I know to do. And I'll just see whether or not your option wins the day or not. James says, such a man is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Here's a person like that. He's like a a wave. James loved images out of nature. Have you ever noticed that? James must have been somewhat of an outdoorsman. He talks about the wind, he talks about the sun, he talks about the grass, he talks about the flowers, he talks about horses and about birds, he talks about sea creatures, he talks about figs and olives and grapevines, he talks about rain, outdoor images. Well, James says that man who's double-minded in all of his ways, he'll he'll be like a wave that at first this gust of wind comes along and carries in this direction. Then another gust of wind comes along, takes him back another direction. He's just tossed back and forth to and fro by the different winds of of culture and the opinions uh, of man. That makes me think about Elijah up on Mount Carmel. Remember that? What, what, what did Elijah say to the people? Choose who you're going to... Would you, would you hurry up and finally make up your minds? Would you make up your minds, please? That's what Elijah told them. James says that a fence straddler... A double-minded man is not going to receive anything from the Lord.
1: That's interesting too, isn't it? I wonder if that's why some of our prayers aren't
0: answered. Here's somebody praying, God, show me the way to go, but God, I, I, I might end up doing what Joe tells me to do. I might end up doing what Betty tells me to do. I might just try to figure this thing out myself. or God, I might look at at your answer. I might like it, might not. And James says here, God God is not even going to, he's not even going to play that game with us. God's not going to do that. He's not going to honor that kind of attitude. When we go before God and we're in a situation where we're facing this common lack that is common to all of us, we're in a trial, we're in a time of tribulation, or we're just in a situation we don't know which way to go, and we ask God, there has to be an attitude, God, if you'll show me, I'm surrendered to doing your will. If you'll show me, whatever it costs me, whatever I have to do, God, I'll pick up my cross and I'll deny myself and I'll follow you. Heart surrender. We've got to be committed to doing things God's way. That's what God's looking for. I think about Simon Peter on one occasion Lord if it's you call me to you Jesus called him and Peter stepped out of the boat what would a lot of of people said now Lord let's just sit down and and talk about this a little bit more are you sure you want me to step out of this boat let me at least go and get my floaties but what did Peter do? He stepped out of the boat. James is saying, ask God, trust him, and when he shows you, step out. We need more of that uh, in churches, don't we? God, give me wisdom. They've asked me to teach Sunday school. I really should do it. I'm not sure I want to. What do you want me to do, God? If you want me to do it, it will be hard. I'll have to adjust my weekly schedule a little bit to make time to do it and to make a commitment to do it. But God, if you want me to do it, I'm going to do it. Folks, God is not going to lead us the wrong direction. Look at, look at verse 17 of James chapter 1. Verse 17 James says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from God. And there's no inconsistency with him. There's no... There's no turning this way or that way. There's no shadow of turning with him. There's no variation. God gives good gifts. He consistently gives good gifts. It's the only kind of gifts God gives good gifts. God can be trusted. God is not one way one day and another way another day. He's not like some behavioral scientist that I read about. You know, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I'm, I'm glad some of the tests that they do that benefits mankind. But some of these tests on animals that they do, don't you feel sorry for the animals? E- even, the, even the little Mice. You think, man, that's a bad way to do that little critter. They took a, white, they took a little white mouse and they ran him through a maze. And they, they, they trained it through repetition that when it got to the end of the maze, it needed to knock open a little trap door. And when it would knock open this little trap door, there was a piece of cheese waiting on it. Day after day, that mouse would run through the maze. It would hit that trap door. trap door would open. It would get its cheese. Tomorrow, same thing. Day after that, same thing. Over and over and over again. One day, they decided to change up the plan a little bit. When he kicked open the door to grab the cheese they shot him with a blast of cold water
1: <laughs> almost scared
0: the little critter to death well he ran again kicked open the door cheese ran kicked open the door blast of cold water ran and kicked up open the door cheese Ran and kicked open the door, blast the cold
1: water. You know what happened to him? He went crazy. <laughs> he retreated into a little corner and he curled up,
0: shaking. He refused to ever eat. After that, he starved to death and died. You know, there's a lot of people like that. They think if I trust God, I might get the cheese on this request. Next request, I might get the blast of cold water. And so they don't surrender to God. They don't ask. They try to do things their own way. And James says, do you not understand? God is not like that. God God is not changing. He's not one way one day and another way another day. He's constant. He can be depended on. And his gifts are good.
1: Whatever God's
0: answer is, it is the right answer. And it is the right answer every single time you can bank on it. Now, that's not to say that God's answer sometimes won't be pretty difficult trying. Not saying that there won't be times you don't understand. But his answers are always right, and it's always the
1: best.
0: Some lessons tonight I want to give you. Lesson number one, being finite human beings, we will always be short-sighted about many issues of life. Being finite human beings... We will always be short-sighted about many
1: issues in life.
0: Again, that's just a part of fallen humanity. That's a part of humanity, period, because we're finite, we're not infinite. A second lesson, having a heavenly Father who loves us, Christians can trust God to show us His will. Having a heavenly Father who loves us, Christians can trust God to show us
1: His will. Thirdly,
0: in order to be assured of having God reveal His will to us, there must be surrender on our part. That if God shows us, then by his strength and by his grace, we will do his will. There must be surrender on our part that if God shows us, then by his grace and by his strength, we will do his will. You need me to say those three again? You do? Being finite human beings, we will always be short-sighted about many issues in life. Having a heavenly Father who loves us, Christians can trust God to show us His will. In order to be assured of having God reveal His will to us, there must be surrender on our part. That if God shows us, then by His strength and His grace, we will do His will. I wonder if I'm talking to somebody tonight that's going through a trial.
1: And where you find yourself tonight is you need wisdom. Because try as you must, you don't know what to do.
0: We know that God wants to grow you through that trial. He's not out to hurt you. He's out to grow you. He's he's out to mature you in the long run. And in the midst of that trial, he will give you the wisdom that you need. But you need to trust him. I want you to remember tonight that he has the needed resources. Perfect wisdom, perfect power, and a perfect love. We never need to question that. Whatever you're facing, he is the right one to turn to. But you need to trust him. And sell out to him. And commit to counting the cost and whatever he asks you to do by His grace and by His strength, you're going to do it. Wisdom when we need it
1: most.